Welcome to Crime Corner, where we examine all things crime, whether it be on the page, on the screen, on the street, or in the courtroom. I'm Matt Coyle, author of the Rick Cahill Crime Series, and I'll be your host for as long as it takes. Going a slightly different route tonight. I'm excited to have on Kimberly Cameron, happens to be my agent, my literary agent. Um, <laughs> she, she began her career, we just did a quick edit here too. She began her career uh, for Knights Ridge Publishing, where she actually owned her own publishing company, but then decided to get into the other side and become a literary agent. In 1993, she became partners with legendary literary agent Doris Halsey of the Reese Halsey Agency, among whose clients, a couple of, a few no names, Agilus Huxley, William Faulkner, Upton Sinclair, and Henry Miller. So nobody's ever heard of those people. Reese Halsey in New York yeah. opened in 2008 and in 2009 became Kimberly Cameron and Associates. Kimberly lives and works in Tiburon, California, with many visits to New York to make the rounds of editorial offices. She's looking for exceptional writing in any field, particularly writing that touches the heart and makes us feel something. Kimberly loves the thrill of securing representation for debut authors and represents both fiction and nonfiction, with the exception of romance, children's books, and screenplays. Welcome, Kimberly Cameron. Thank you very much, Matt. You're uh, coming to us from uh, not-so-sunny Hawaii, even though it's three hours earlier than it is here on the West Coast. <laughs> we are in a typhoon at the moment on Maui, but it's very interesting. It was just crazy. If anybody follows, uh, for those who follow Kimberly on not only Facebook but Instagram, you can see a picture of her uh, with a you know, behind <clears throat> with a lovely sun behind her. It was probably only six or seven hours ago, but of course that's Hawaii. Okay, that's Hawaii. Anyway. So uh, we have a lot of uh, writers in various uh, stages of their careers who listen to the show, from um, unpublished, just figuring out to write, trying to get published all the way to published, and um, even some some success. So we heard in the opening bio how you got started as a literary agent, but we don't know why you wanted to be one. <clears throat> well, you know, I really have always loved books. I've loved reading. I love to read, obviously. An agent has to love to read all the time because I've right. two manuscripts on my way over here on the plane. I mean, I just don't wow. ever stop. And, you know, the, the, the beauty of being a literary agent is that you just never know what you're going to read every day. You know, it's, it's always different. And when you take this project on that you love and you want to kill to get it published, you know, it's kind of like nothing can stop you. And you just have to just find that right um, editor, right publisher, right timing. That all comes into play. Um, and so, and it takes a little luck as well. <laughs> Sure does. Okay, I want to give a heads yeah. up to uh, listeners who do this anyway. But um, if they have questions, I already I sent out a, a post earlier this week about if you had questions for Kimberly, and I have some incorporated into our discussion. But uh, if anybody else comes up with some new ones, you can instant message me. It'll pop up on my uh, computer, and I will um, ask Kimberly unless it's worse than the questions I have. <clears throat> I can hear the rain in the background. Yeah, you certainly can. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to go back. Do you remember the first book deal you got for a writer? You know, I remember the first offer because it didn't happen. <laughs> so I was so excited I got a, a fax in those days. This was almost 30 yeah. years ago. And I saw it come down on my floor off the fax machine, and they said, we really love this book. Um, I don't know if I should tell you who it is because he went on to be published, but it was a big publisher. It was one of the big five now in New York. And they said, we're, we're seeing it as maybe a uh, mass market trade paperback. Is that okay? And 
you know, I called him immediately and got him all excited and said, yeah. And then like three days later, I got a, a, a call or something or a letter or something, another fact that we changed our minds. Oh, <laughs> God. I was really devastated for him and for me. And so, you know, it started off like that. It's, it's kind of against all odds. You have to be really, really dedicated and really believe in your authors for this to happen. Uh, it's just kind of one of those things. So that was kind of like the first unfortunate thing. But, you know, the, the ones that have worked, I've had so many in all these years that, um, you know, I don't really remember the first one, but I just knew, I just kind of believed that I could do it. So I just kept going. That did someone uh, is saying we want the book, and then uh, getting back to you a couple of days later saying we don't. Is that the only time that's ever happened to you? Yes, <laughs> in thirty years, yes. Then it yeah. happened on the first one. Was, wow, you must have thought yeah, this business yeah. is crazy. Yeah, I, I, you know, I remember reading when I was a young agent um, the New Yorker article that was called it the impossible business. And I really get that now, <laughs> all these years later. Um, I also remember reading something about agents having a black card. <laughs> and I never yeah. understood what that meant, but, um, you know, because I was one to be the next well up Perkins of agents. But, um, you know, I, I think that there are some agents out there that kind of have to be really tough. Um, I try not to be too tough. I'll put it that way. Well, you're not. You're known as the Velvet Hammer, so there's there's toughness on the other side. But when, uh, when dealing with your, right, when dealing with your authors, you are known, I think, throughout um, the industry, at least with your authors, of um, being very receptive to them and um, very quick to communicate, which is not always the case from what I've heard in the biz. Anyway, so it's no, much it's, it's it's the most important thing. I communication with your agent is. You know, if you feel a little intimidated about getting somebody on the phone, or it's not the right mix. Your agent, right. you're, you're, we're on the same team. You know, this is it takes a village sometimes to get things published, and I, I just do the best I can. But it takes two of us. Sometimes it takes three. It takes a publicist these days sometimes mm. to try and help all this work. You know. Absolutely. Although, even when it does work, the the author can be a little timid in the beginning and then turn into an asshole like I have over the years. So it works out. No, you're not. Not you. I've had a few, though. <laughs> we will go unnamed. But, you know, I've had to fire some people who just started complaining all the time or, you know, just I just knew that I, I was just going to be on the other end of a, of, a, of a long road where it just wasn't a pleasurable experience. So I've had to let some people go, but not many. I mean, I've had some of the same uh, clients that I've had for almost 30 years now. And we're on, you know, 20-something books, and uh, like Doug Lyle, and I go way, way back and uh, have, some, have had some fun because I didn't take him on for a little while. But then his writing just got better and better, and then I couldn't resist him or his writing. So, and we've had a nice, long relationship. So. I've, never, I've never heard of him, although we did exchange emails earlier today. Um, <laughs> I'm okay, sure so he you did. I'm sure he's listening. You you piqued something in my um my you piqued my interest by saying you know it took a while for actually it piqued a couple of things for you know Doug's writing to get um, to the level you wanted it to be and that happens for all of us for sure mm -hmm. it just ha it just was mm -hmm. happening with him like where you had guys had kind of an open conversation um what was the longest it took for you to get somebody who brought somebody whose book that you said yeah I want to represent this book and for it to actually get published. 
Can I can I try to kind of counter that by saying what was the shortest? Yeah, sure, of course. The, sh- the shortest was I know you. Mine. Be- me? You know, it was true because you got me in your first sentence. You had me oh. in your first sentence, Matt. Um, all those years ago in in San Diego or wherever we were at that conference, and I just said I love the sentence, and it was like I knew I knew just because of that first sentence that I was probably going to represent you. So there. Um, longest. But you, uh, well, however, no, however, I mean, you didn't. You did not right away, actually, because I had to revise for well, you. I, so. Yes, yes, yes. It's right. a process. It's never like, right. oh yeah, I'm representing this no matter what. It's a process of working on material together to make it the best we both can make it to be. And you know, right. what an agent does is have another set of eyes. And it's not like I say, okay, if you don't change it my way, you, you, you we can't do this. It's really about. Um, me making suggestions, and you're the author, you're the writer, it's your book, and either you take them or not. And, you know, there might be some time where I really disagree with the writer and say, you know what, I just don't think it's going to work in the marketplace, um, and then mm-hmm. it doesn't work. But yeah. um, for the most part, you know, my authors usually take my suggestions and say, you know what, this resonates with me, and it, it feels like the right thing. But it's always, you know, it's your work. You're the author, you know? Right, but you do, but you do come obviously with thirty years of experience as an agent. But as you said before, you're also a publisher, so you do have right. those of you who work with you. You know, have a good eye. But here, here, I didn't, I didn't frame my question well enough because my question is, you brought, you, you brought somebody on. You said, I'm going to represent this book. Mm-hmm. What's the longest it took for you to get that book sold? I'm sure there's someone that haven't yet, but oh, <laughs> that's that. Okay, I understand that question. Actually, I had a. a, a a collection of short stories, which everybody knows is almost impossible, but it was so brilliant and wonderful. It's called Male of the Species by Alex Mint, and, and it took me seven years. Wow. And in those seven years, I have to tell you, he got all those stories published, and when by the time we got it published at Delphinium, um, which is a division of HarperCollins, because the new editor saw it and loved it, and he'd also now had a very good pedigree, he won. He was nominated. He didn't win, but he was nominated for a push card. So you know, they, wow. Loretta Barrett, who was this wonderful agent. I don't know if you ever knew her. She was at the San Diego many years. She was fabulous, and God rest her soul. She inspired me so much. She said, "They can tell me no, but they can't tell me I'm wrong." And yeah. I heard that as a young agent, and it always stuck with me. So God bless good. her. Yeah. Um. That's pretty. So the guy who had the the the, the um, accumulation of stories, did he during mm-hmm. those seven years when you were trying to sell this thing, what, did he revise any of the stories? No, no. He just one by one got them published in in periodicals and things like that, and they got a little sure. notice. But it was really the beauty of the yeah. writing, Matt. It was really the writing was there. It's just I couldn't get anybody to see it. <laughs> well, and maybe it was that. timing. I don't know. You right. know. But a, a, a compilation of short stories is, is tough for sure. Okay, yeah, so it was tough. Yeah. Some I'm just going stuff. out with a new one, so wish me luck. <laughs> oh, you are? Yeah, good luck. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, what are some of the common mistakes writers make when they submit to you? Where are you? You know, the the biggest one I can say is that they're just not ready. Um, you know, I, it, it, everybody, I don't say they're good writers and bad writers. It's all a process, okay? Some people are just closer to being ready than others. And when they query me and they're just not ready, you know, it's their shot and they're just, it, it, it shouldn't be marketing yet. You know, the book 
needs either another set of eyes or a writing group or an editor or something yeah. to look at it until they really feel that it's definitely they can't make it any better than it can be. And I just see things that are lukewarm, you know, that just aren't good enough for the market. Yeah. So, you know, and I'll, I'll put as a caveat on that, I'll say the market is very healthy right now. You have a lot of people are looking for books, buying books. And yes, the stakes have gotten higher. You know, I, I really think that as the conglomerations have happened in this business, uh, the books have to sell more copies, more units in every way. Uh, mm. And so the editors are putting their jobs on the line. You know, as everybody knows, they have to do a P&L, a profit and loss statement for every book they want to acquire. And if yeah. those don't work, um, you know, that's their job they're looking at. So there's a lot on the line. And for an, you know, a publisher to, to invest in a, an author in a book, it's got to be really good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. I think I just got depressed after that answer, but it's a good one. No, 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 no. Uh, but, you know, you're a really good writer, so don't you worry about it. <laughs> I will see. Uh, so how important is the query letter? The query letter itself is, is not as important as the material that the writer has written. Um, you know, I, I would tell this at conferences all the time that I, I remember being at a conference and a woman raised her hand. She goes, you know, I just finished my novel. and said, congratulations. That's great. She goes, well, it's taken me two years to write the query letter. I mean, people think that it's like the query letter is this piece of work that's going to make or break you. All we really want is something. It's a calling card. I think your introduction to me. So, number one, it should be polite. Number two, it just needs to tell me a little bit about you as a person, a little bit about you as a writer, what your experience has been, and what your story is about. Really, that's all it takes. And, you know, we, what the more serious ones that that really where the writer has done their homework and gone and, and looked at the query letter and said, okay, this is how it's done professionally. You know, those are the ones we really look at and, and they matter because the ones that aren't professional don't like, you know, the ones that say, Hey agent, or, you know, <laughs> Hey knucklehead, I got one. I mean, you just have no idea of what agents have to go through. Um, the ones that are serious, we really take seriously. So. I apologize for that. Hey knucklehead one. That's before I knew you though. That was way before you knew me. <laughs> but I never that's, forgot it. <laughs> that's why you didn't pick me up then, too. That's why it took a while. So, okay. Yeah. So that that makes me think of how actually that we did um, come together. And it was mm -hmm. at a writer's conference. It was at a writer's conference, that's a reading right. critique, where the agent or the other authors get, or editors even, get um, pages ahead of time, critique it. And this was only five pages. And then meet with right. the um, author at the conference. How important are writers' conferences like that to your business, to your side of it? Well, I think for the side of the writer, number one, they're really important because you have a networking opportunity to really talk to agents. And I always say that at conferences, if you put in your subject line that we met at the you know Book Passage Writers Conference or whatever writers' conference it is. I will take that very seriously. I will just say, oh, I met this person. I really want to look at this because, you know, it's just a personal, again, it's a calling card. It's a personal uh, relationship that has started already. So, you know, that, that, that's really great for a writer. Um, you know, I, I don't particularly like these uh, conferences and festivals that, you know, you do the speed dating thing because, you know, it's really about the work. It's really about the writing. And I can hear... You know, I've had security guards take my line away at Thriller Fest. And, you know, because people just want to line up to have two seconds with me. But it's really about the writing. I love 
the conferences where you can actually have, like the Book Passage one here in Puerto Madera uh, in California, you have, you know, 20 pages. And I get that four days before the conference, so I can really make my notes and have a mm-hmm. meaningful conversation with a writer that I feel can help them. You know, so I, I, that's what I like better. Well, that's that's how I, we met with California Crime Writers Conference. Um, it was California Crime Writers. You're right. Right. Yeah. And which does that. Yeah. And uh, I think that, yeah, I agree that because um, I, I think sometimes writers think when they go to the conferences like that, they think that, well, I don't, you know, the age, if they're, I don't know. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard to sell yourself, even if you've been in sales for years and selling somebody else's products. Sometimes it's hard to sell yourself. Some people it's not, well, but I think sometimes writers yeah, get intimidated. Also, they don't want to talk to the agent like uh, when they're sitting at the bar. Well, you're there to find people, right? But you know, I find on these pitch things, you only have two or three minutes. You have to perfect your pitch and all that stuff. Yeah. they're so nervous they yes. can't even, you know, talk to you. So you know, I I really am all for that. Like, go to conferences and just network and. You know, see if you can, can have a meeting or a few minutes to say, can I send you my work? Because I always say, yes, you can. I mean, that's why I, I, I'm pretty open for writers because, you know, I never know what I'm going to see. And, yes, I don't see everything personally. I get 300 things, you know, a week. So I can't yep. possibly. But I have people that I've trained as gatekeepers, and these are all people who are writers or MFA, you know, students, and they understand the value of a writer's work. And I, I say you have to take this very seriously because you either say yay or nay whether I see this. And, you know, I, I instill that in them. So, you know, I really feel like I have a pretty good vetting process. Going back to the conferences, if you're listening out there and you want to, you're looking for an agent and you see Kimberly at a writer's conference, it really helps to buy her a glass of wine and it should be a really good <laughs> glass of wine. Get the most expensive yes, wine they sell and get her a glass of that. It and red have is to be the most expensive. <laughs> well, it can't be that can't be coming out of, can't be coming out of a box. Um, right. Okay. I'm I'm going to jump ahead because you just mentioned how all the people that are working for you. How many people do work for you now? They're in the agency. Well, I have I have one full time uh, employee that's Dorian Maffey, who's now also become an agent in her own right. But I also have readers um, uh, working for us uh, that are interns and really taking this seriously. And I have one young woman who just started and she, she thinks she wants to be a literary agent. So she's got to, you know, kind of pay her dues and see how it works. Um, and then all the agents I have, I have five other agents that are beautiful, powerful women agents. And they had all started with me as interns. You know, I mean, I wow. didn't realize that I was going to grow like this. I thought. I was going to be, you know, rather slowing down after three years, and all of a sudden we just kind of went crazy, and 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 uh, I've got all these very successful agents now working with me. So it's it's really a good time in my life. I really am enjoying mentoring them and helping them in any way, although they can do everything they need to do now on their own because they're fully capable. Right, and they have some pretty exceptional authors, award-winning authors. Yes, they do. They do. Very very proud of all of them. You uh, agent a lot of different genres, but you have a long history in mystery and all its subgenres. Yes. What is the yes. most common mistake you come across from unpublished mystery authors as you're reading their manuscripts? Um, well, it's kind of like in every manuscript, 
too many exclamation points on a page. It's, you know, I, I find that, I mean, I just read one that I turned down and it was just because their descriptions of blood and gore all over the place was just so, it, it was just so predictable. Um, I want to be surprised. I want something unique. I want something different. When, when a writer relies too heavily on cliches, I, yeah. I turn the other way because, you know, that's what creativeness is all about is being creative, doing something different, telling a story in a different way. You know, we've all heard the, the stories that, that they say that are, they're, they're no new stories. They're just told in a different way. But that's what I'm always looking for. Some, someone who has a unique approach or a unique voice or a unique situation or setting or something that, that makes me feel something or, or, or see something. You know, we all want to be taken away. And that's what we did when we went to the library as kids. We wanted to be in an adventure. So when I get to a, a piece that just takes me away, um, that's what works. You know? But don't tell me the same story over and over again that I've heard before because it's just been done. Well, that's what I do. I just tell it differently. No, you don't. No, you don't. You have well, a very unique way of telling a story. So. All right. But it's, it's a similar story. Um, okay, so when you look at a manuscript hmm. – how long does it take you to determine whether the writer has talent to be published, to get published now-ish? You know, I've, I've seen about 20 things in the last week or two, and I've turned down all of them except one um, because one was really quite different and unique. And, um, you know, I never know. I mean, I see the first 50 pages. I always ask people to, you know, go to my website. There's a form query tracker, and we do it all uniformly now so we don't lose anything and lose anybody. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, you just, you know, within the first five pages, usually, mm-hmm. you know, when do you want to just keep reading? Yeah. So, you know, um, I mean, it, it, it comes pretty fast. After uh, judging a few um, awards, um, the, the one thing I found really, uh, really depressing is when you found your, you found your book and you, Hey, I found, this is the one for me. This is my top book. And then mm-hmm. you read for, I don't know, you can read. I remember one book was 450 pages. I read three. I, I loved it. This is my book. This is the best book I read. And after 300 pages, it kind of jumped the shark and pulled me out. Um, mm-hmm. so has that ever happened to you or you're reading, you're reading this manuscript and you go, yeah. I found a new thing. Yeah. No, I, yeah. That, that's a work in progress. I mean, I'm, I'm doing that with a writer now who's been published several times. And she wrote a book that I thought was really good. And then I was told that it's been shopped a bit, and which was kind of surprising. But I liked it so much, and I saw the talent was there that it, it didn't matter to me because we're now retitling it. We may give her a pen name, and we are completely revamping the work because it just didn't work at the end. You know, so I mean, that's what happens when I see talent that I really like and it's not quite right. We work on it. Well, that's quite an investment you know, of time for you, and and that's it's a little unusual, yeah. I think, in the agent business these days because pretty much you have to be pretty pretty to have the book polished to a high shine by the time you put it in an agent's hand. So I, I this is not something you do all the time, I'm guessing. No, we actually do it all, all of my agents. We all work, you know, I, I, I have so many, like Amy and Lisa and Dorian and Mary, they, they all work with their clients, and sometimes they, it takes, it takes two or three, um, you know, edits 
after it's been as polished as the author can get it um, because we just know how tough the marketplace is and it just has to be it has to shine it has to have an editor say oh my god you have to read this to his colleagues or her colleagues or their colleagues you know at the different publishing companies they have to get excited by it so that's how good these things have to be Right, but to, for you to go that extra mile, though, you have to see something special in each author. I'm guessing. Yeah, I do. I do. I have to be convinced that I can. I can help make this work and get it out there and sell it. Yeah, I mean, it's a big. Ooh, that's lightning, thunder. Whoa. Um, there. Yeah, it's really dramatic here. Um, there is a real uh, excitement that happens when you read somebody's work and you think, oh my gosh, this has promise. This is really good. Uh, it doesn't happen that often. It really doesn't. And then, of course, it's an investment in my time and and my love. I mean, it's like you got to fall in love with something, and you you want to nurture it, and you want to get it out there, and you want to make you know the world hear it. <laughs> you know, it's really a complete investment. But it's what I love to do. I want the world to hear so, it like thunder from lightning. Yeah, um, exactly. See, that's that's what makes me a great writer. Um, so here's a question from uh, someone who uh, contacted me earlier in the week, and I sort of may have already asked this, but what type of story do you enjoy receiving the most? I think you just sort of, you sort of answered that. It has to move you. You know, it's really one that 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 surprises me, really. I mean, it, it could be almost any genre. I mean, I do love the crime and fiction, uh, crime mystery fiction thriller genre, and I'll tell you why, because people have asked that question to me so many times. Why is it that you you focus on that or you've done so much of it? I found the most intelligent writing. Maybe it's because it's a puzzle. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's a mystery, you know? Maybe it's just because the writing has been elevated in that genre for me. So that's why I've been successful with it. I've had some really good writing come to me in that those genres. So that's why I focus. It's not like, you know, as I said to Dorian the other day, I said, I don't want to see another serial killer. <laughs> you know, it's like, I've kind of had it with that. I mean, you get to a point where you get a little jaded with that kind of stuff. But if it's really smart and really good, that's what I'm looking for. Well, like Steve I mean, Cameron. And also, I'm really kind of looking for historical mystery right now, too. And I really huh? kind of like that. Um, I'm looking for some things with a real sense of time and place. Well, there you Just go, folks. There. You're writing a historical yeah. mystery. Um, yeah. All right. Another another question from the fans, and I like this one. What trend, if any, uh, do you see on the far horizon regarding popular genres, or do you see any? That is a really good question, and I will tell you, don't ever ask that question <laughs> because um, I have had editors, you know, in New York say this this genre is dead, it's not happening, and then you know there's a huge bestseller. Yep. For those who are listening, you are the writers. You make the trends. You make the market by writing fabulous books. We cannot predict anything. And by the time I say, oh, this is hot right now, you know, by the time I get something sold, it's almost it can be two or three years down the line where your book will be published. So don't even right. focus on what's going to be popular. Write what you in your heart, your passion. Write what you want to write and make it fabulous. That is what the market wants whatever it could is not, could not agree more because it, whatever if you're trying to chase the market it's and it's not what you normally write it's, it's not coming from your it's gut futile. it's not going to be good yeah, yeah. it's just I mean, futile i mean so many times after the da vinci code let's say when that was published we got 
so many of those kinds of books. And by that time, it was over. You know, it, it, it really has to be the new thing that you are creating. You know, that's really what it is. You make the market, whatever it's going to be. By the way, my next book's going to be about serial killers, but um, we'll wait till you get to <laughs> I can take it. I can take another one. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm, I'm gonna, here's another question from a fan. And you, but what is your, uh, what's a turnoff when it comes to correlators for you? I mean, you said that, you know, you sort of get past them to get to the work, but is there something that's, well, you say, what was the one like, uh, hey, you or uh, knucklehead? Knucklehead. Yeah, no, like I said, it's, it's, it's the formality of a calling card. It's the formality of a, the start of a personal relationship. But, you know, I think the ones that use too many um, overbearing adjectives to describe their own work, like oh, next yes. best thing and, and oh. the movie, and I see Brad Pitt and Nicole. I mean, I get that a lot, and it's just like my eyes glaze over because really, you know. Um, uh, yeah, horrible. I mean, I have film agents. I have foreign rights agents. Uh, there will be times where we might get things to movies or not, but. You know, I just it's, it's when someone describes their work so overzealously, fearlessly that you just kind of turn off. Um, let me be the judge of that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I yeah. always thought, I always thought when you're querying an agent, because there's a lot of ways to do your homework, like with um, Publishers Marketplace, you can find who does what and who their authors are. I always, I always tried to, although of course I, I got you through a different way, just through the conferences, but. To, when you're writing a query letter, is you want to mention, you know, that you're a fan of some of the agent's authors because you're showing that you know what this agent does. You've done your homework, but you don't say I write right. like. Um, you're just showing them, hey, yeah, I know who you are. Yeah, no, I do like that when someone, when I know someone has paid attention to my list and what I've pub- had published, I, I think that means that they're they're really um, earnest and, uh, you know. It's right, so, getting their work published. Right. They're doing the, – they're doing – it's a, you know, there's a lot they're of work to do. It's not just writing the book, and, and they're doing their homework. All right, so um, I'm winding down, but I wanted to ask you this one. Um, do you think it's more or less difficult for a first-time author to get published now or 20 years ago? I think it's much easier now. Okay. I do. I, I think thought, there's I lots too. of new companies – popping up i mean amazon has so many different imprints and by the way they do a very good job they do a very good job with publishing new talent and authors um i just think that there's all sorts of ways to get published now i mean there's also ways to go independently there's she writes press there's all sorts of ways to get published i think that it's a really healthy time to be a writer that's what i think and we want your work we really want to find the next best bestseller out there you know we do i just got a, a oh, it went away i just got a question from elena who listens to the show every week and every two weeks okay so here's uh elena's question do most agents i sort of know the answer to this do most agents show their client list on their websites you do well i i have uh yeah i do i have all the books not every book i've ever published but most yeah. of them and uh yeah, you can get a very good feeling for what I like on, on our website. You can look it up alphabetically, Definitely. the authors on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and some of them, you know, maybe I don't represent anymore, but I have sold their books. So there you go. You can look it up alphabetically, the authors on there. All right. I'm, I'm now getting 
I'm now getting the technical difficulty that I haven't had in a while where I'm hearing my voice looped over yours. So I'm going to end the show. Oh, it went so fast. <laughs> well, actually, you did a great job. All right. Thanks. All right. Well, good luck, everyone. I hope everybody gets published. I hope you, you, you realize your dreams. We're here to help make that happen. That's what agents do. Thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. And All right. Thank you, and stay out of the uh, the, the lightning. I will. It was my pleasure, Matt. Okay, darling. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. All right, folks. This is a copyrighted, trademark podcast owned solely by the authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I will be back in a couple of weeks. <laughs>